0: Hey everyone. Welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am so excited to have my guest Melanie Hustis here with us. She is an energy alchemist and we have connected online and through a mutual friend and I am so excited to have you here and welcome. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing where we where we go today.
0: I know me too. I wanted to start because you have alchemist in your title and open alchemy is the title (laughs) of my business. And I'm just so curious what your connection with that word alchemy is, because I know that it, I, it feels to me like it's gaining in popularity. It feels to me like this practice of alchemy or idea of alchemy is sort of getting a little bit fuzzier. And I'm just curious where you came to find the word and your feelings about it
1: and so. Okay, so I have over the years, I've been doing this professionally for over a decade and I have constantly struggled with how do I explain what I do? How do I give myself that title that allows others to know what they're getting themselves into? And so I've flipped and flopped and changed. And about a year ago, I thought, I'm done with this flipping and flopping. I'm going to get really clear on what I do and the best phrase to describe that. And that's when I stumbled upon alchemy. I love working with the dark. And I love bringing that to light. And I love helping people transmute what isn't working in their lives into gold, so to speak. And alchemy, I feel just really embodies that. It really explains it so beautifully. It's taking something that is undesirable and using your own personal magic, whatever that is, to turn it into something you're really proud of. And so that's why I decided to go with alchemy. And I work with energy. So energy alchemist just kind of stuck.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah, I totally feel the same for me it's you know very much about that transformation and about that power that we all have inside to be able to make changes whether they be mindset or spiritually connecting or emotional or physical or whatever it is that you know we have that power within us that so many of us have lost lost touch of lost track of feel disconnected from. And so I love your, your take on it and your perspective on, you know, really bringing all the things together and then having something new come out of it.
1: Yeah. And I also love the fact that with alchemy, we don't have to lose a part of ourselves. We don't have to ditch that what was perceived as unsavory or dark we actually get to embrace that part of ourselves and turn it into something even better. Whereas some other healing modalities or mindsets even, it's about, well, I don't like this part of myself, so I'm gonna get rid of it. I'm gonna completely move on. And I love embracing that instead. And I think that alchemy speaks to that as well. Mm. So
0: how does that work for you in a practical sense? Is it about acceptance? of those pieces of yourself and that allows the focus to change
1: or how does that work with accepting
0: and embracing the
1: dark for you so i think acceptance is absolutely a massive part of it for sure because until we accept who we are what we are what we've done what we've experienced i don't think it is possible to change and to heal when we're in denial, our energy is stagnant and our body often gets stagnant. And that's where we get, you know, physical pain or disease or mental illness. So accepting that I would say is probably the first step because once we, I don't even want to say embrace, no, I will say embrace. Once we embrace that part of ourselves, doesn't mean you have to like it to embrace it. Right. But once we embrace that, that's who we are, it gives us power to change. Like, so the example that's coming to mind is when I was younger and my kids were younger, I was emotionally abusive to them. And for years and years, I denied that. Oh, I was tired. I was angry. They were bad. You know, I had all of these excuses and I couldn't heal that. And until I admitted, okay, I actually went too far. Like I said, things I shouldn't have said. I yelled more than I needed to. That's when I could really start to allow the part of me that caused that to happen, that wounding, that trauma, that inner child to come forward and be truly seen. That's when I could change that pattern. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's like when you, without naming what it is that you are feeling, you're not fully realizing it and being able to identify it, you're still sort of living in that shadow of guilt or shame or denial.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's, well, it's, it's it's hard for so many reasons, because I think some of us have been brought up to feel that if we ignore it and if we sort of pack it away, if we don't put our energy focusing on it, then Mm -hmm. that's the best way to, move forward or to navigate handling things versus the fear of bringing it to the surface is going to illuminate it and it's going to give life to it and it's going to give it more energy.
1: Right. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems with the spiritual community is this whole idea of light washing everything. You know, look at the bright side, think of the positive. If you want to manifest beautiful things in your life, you have to constantly be thinking about beauty. And that's not real. That's a part of it. And I am absolutely open to all of that. But if we deny the darker sides, it's temporary. And I see this a lot with my clients. They work really hard to create something in their lives, whether it's health, whether it's a beautiful relationship, whether it's an incredible career. But then they keep feeling stuck, they keep hitting these walls. And it's because they're only doing that work on a surface level, right? So when we can, go into those depths those darker places and accept that and own that i truly believe that's where our power where our gifts where our purpose lie and if i go back to the example of me being abusive to my children i now have the most incredible relationship with my children and that's a pattern that we have broken that has been going through our family for generations right because we talked about it we looked at it we got the help we needed and now I'm in a place where I can be brutally honest with other women that come to me, not necessarily with the same issues, but they feel safe to tell me their truth and know that they are worthy of love of healing, of support, even when they majorly messed up because they witnessed that in me as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many good things that can come from just being really honest with ourselves.
0: Do you think that some people, based on your your intuitive guidance, based on your experience, have more darkness in them? And I don't mean in them like they're dark, but more, you know, if if you believe in in the multiple lives and and I all do. of ours, you know, <laughs> um, all of our histories, ancestral and and beyond that people, that each lifetime has different levels of darkness or mm-hmm, negativity. Sure. So, and the reason that, you know, it's my husband and I come at things from very different perspectives. So I've always been somebody who, who I do think it is, you know, nurture. I do think it's environmental, but I also think that it's very much my nature in in this life to to be positive, to look for the good, to have a more optimistic, you know, sort of like cheerleading, like you can do it, it's going to be okay. And not that I negate or ignore or gaslight or anything like that. But I just think that that's my foundation is more of positivity, where I think that he and he would agree, (laughs) has a more negative, a more practical, a more, dark in quotes, perspective on things. So how do you think about that? And how does that relate to what you're talking about? As as we look at getting into our darkness, if maybe we have different levels of it?
1: Yeah, and of course, we can all have different levels of it. It depends on what we did experience in previous lives, what trauma we carried forward. So Mm. I will see someone who maybe has 37 lives of abuse. Well, that's a lot to be carrying in your physical body, right? Um, And maybe someone doesn't have any, and they're just dealing with the negative things of the lower vibrational things that they're experiencing in this lifetime. So absolutely, there can be varying degrees of what we're calling darkness within any individual. But we would just approach that in a different way, how we would look at that, how we would deal with that, But as far as the being positive thing, I think that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's bad to be positive. And I am probably one of the most positive people as well. I do believe that there is always something positive in every negative experience, but I try to come at it from that place of balance Mm -hmm. rather than just light, or like your husband, more of the darker. And the reason why is when we just do one or the other energetically, we hold that within our bodies. So even if we're denying the light, right? We're just, oh, this sucks. I'm not happy. That person's a jerk. Well, we're pushing down the opposite vibration. And anytime we hold a vibration in our bodies without allowing it to flow through it, that's when the, the imbalance arises. So it's not that one is better than the other. It's that I think it's really helpful if we can try to see all of that and to embrace all of that, but ultimately end up at the positive. Right. Because that truly is where,
0: well, I'll ask that. Do you think that's truly where our sort of baseline, the goal is to be?
1: I wouldn't say the goal is to be there because again, every soul chooses a different purpose in every lifetime. Um, Personally. Yeah. That's my goal. (laughs) 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 For sure. But I also believe that there are souls who incarnate with the beautiful intention to hold darker energies, to help us learn, to help us heal, to help us see things in a different way. And if your soul's purpose is to commit to showing that to the world for others to heal, your goal probably isn't going to be to be all high vibe and sunshiny in this lifetime. Right. And I believe that has just as much value as the person like yourself who shows up and says, hey, let's be positive. Look for what's good in your life. Both are needed. Right.
0: But wow, what an incredible perspective for compassion. Yes. To be able to see someone beyond beyond what you're seeing. Beyond the actions, beyond the words, but from that energetic perspective to see, well, maybe there is more going on than we realize and maybe, yes, always, (laughs) and, and maybe that they are fulfilling some sort of soul mission or karma or something that they are here to be doing.
1: I believe that everyone is doing that.
0: Whether they know it or not.
1: And many don't know it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And don't want to know it and will never know it. Right. But 100%, and this is something that has actually been on my heart lately, is that we tend to have limited compassion. If it's someone that we like or their situation is something we can relate to and they mess up, We'll give, oh, it's okay, you did your best. You know, you're going to do better going forward. There's all of this beautiful support. But if there's someone that we can't relate to or we think is not okay, like let's say someone who murders someone else, we have a whole different set of compassion. No, but we won't even have compassion. We have a whole different set of rules for how we relate or how we think about that person. But my belief is that if we truly want to, see the good in all or see the truth in all is maybe more accurate than good, then I think we really need to challenge ourselves to look at that person that triggers us to look at that situation that seems unthinkably horrific and see that there may possibly be an underlying issue, um, a trauma experience, a soul's purpose, a past life pattern that is actually bringing that person to that exact spot for purpose. (sighs) taking it's a hard, deep side. Right? I know.
0: <laughs> well, no, I completely agree with you. And I feel like that is not a widely held view. It's and <laughs> I definitely feel in my life that I have gotten everything from pushback to ridicule to anger for expressing a similar sentiment in that we can only see things from our limited perspective and there is zero chance that anybody knows how they would behave if they were walking in somebody else's shoes. They very well might be showing up, behaving, committing the exact same, even atrocities that somebody else has given that person's life experience and you know, soul mission and all these other things that we're talking about, and I think that it's just very easy for people to to categorize good, bad, right, wrong, and that's not the way that I choose to see things. And it's just so refreshing to to have <laughs> to have another person be coming from that same perspective. And I'm so excited that we're talking about this because. I, I just feel like that's part of the conversation that's missing. You know, we, we all want to feel like we're in the right. We all want to feel like we're doing good and it's just very easy to sit in judgment of other people and their actions and their, and their words. And I'm just glad that this is, that this is coming up because I think, that sometimes you just need to keep hearing it or you need to hear it in a different way to be able to understand that, you know, so often that other person is not doing something to us. They're just living their lives. We just happen to be interacting with them at that moment.
1: Yeah, we're interacting with them or we are choosing our experience within that interaction because we could, both you and I could go to the store and have someone, you know, cut us off in line and swear at us. And we could choose to be like, oh, how dare that person? That's so rude. I was only being nice and get all, you know, high and mighty about it. And guess what? That's going to wreck the rest of our day. Or we can choose to be like, "Woo, that was unexpected. I wonder what that person's going through. What can I take from this experience? What can I do to help that person? Like that's the real kicker is when you can get treated like crap and try to respond with that compassion piece, right? So I honestly don't believe in good and bad. I think good and bad are human constructs that were created to control people, to guide people into certain systems, to keep them small. And when people are supported and loved, And given that compassion and given what they actually need, they're not going to choose those actions that we deem bad. That to me is a reaction to how someone is treated. And I'm not saying that we are to blame for the actions of others. We are always responsible for our own choices in this lifetime. But I think we simplify it and gloss over it by saying this is good, this is bad. Like what about nuance? What about circumstances? If I can just say stealing, right? Most of us would agree stealing is wrong, it's illegal. It's something that you may look down. If you have your car stolen, you're gonna judge that person pretty harshly, right? But I can tell you with 100% certainty, If I lost my job, my husband lost his job. We didn't have a place to live and I needed to feed and clothe my children. Hell yeah, I would steal. That was the only way I could do it. Right. So who am I to judge someone who steals my car? We actually had someone break into our car not that long ago and take what was inside. And my immediate reaction was they obviously needed it more than we did. Like they stole my husband's lunch.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm okay with that person taking that. I don't think they're a bad person. Right. And when we can see the world in this way, and I'm not saying I always have that much grace. I mean, I'm sometimes (laughs) it pisses me off, right? (laughs) Just to be clear. But when we can see the world from that perspective, people don't do things to you anymore. People are making choices that happen to affect me, but you just see humanity in a much more loving way. And when you see humanity in a more loving way, you feel more loved. You feel more connected. You feel safer. Even if that person broke into your car, you feel safer having that person around if you can see them in a different way. Mm.
0: That's so beautiful and so powerful. And I love that you also said it's not always feasible, at least in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But I think that that's true. And one of the practices that I have been practicing is just taking that few extra seconds when something happens to, to notice my initial reaction, notice my, you know, where in my body do I feel this? What, where, where in my mind most likely am I feeling this? What is it triggering? Mm -hmm. And what if I put my hand on my heart and I came from that place instead. And that changes, that simple act, which takes in practice 20 seconds, changes so much about the way that I can see things. It changes, first of all, my awareness is like epic. You know, yesterday, I'm glad you gave the example of cutting off. I was waiting in the line, somebody drove right up and right in front of me. And it was just like, did you not see all the cars in line? You know, immediately it's my ego. Who do they think they are? What are they? am, Am I not, do they not see me? Am I invisible? Right. All of that sort of like, I'm here. Don't you see me? And then it was like, well, that doesn't matter. I'm going to get there. They, they maybe don't know where they're going, you know, just again, starting to maybe rationalize, but you know, the better way of rationalizing, like, okay, maybe there's like a reason for it, etc. And then inevitably they pulled out a line, they went a different direction. It was all fine. Nobody was mm-hmm. harmed in the process, yes. but it was just a very interesting to observe where that was coming from, how it was making me feel and how quickly I could transmute that and choose a different way to, to experience that.
1: That's alchemy, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And And again, easier said than done for sure.
1: Yes. 100%. I will say, though, the more you practice it, and it is a practice, it's ongoing, right? But the more you practice it, the easier it becomes because you create new neural pathways so that your automatic reaction doesn't go to those old patterns. And I found that one of my biggest one was perfectionism. So I always mm-hmm. felt the need to be perfect and to have everything in place and to be in control. So when that person cut me off or didn't do what I expected or I thought was the thing that they should have been doing, and I judged them. It was because I was holding myself to this ridiculous standard. So therefore everyone else had to be held to that standard. And when I started to have compassion and grace and forgiveness for those around me for not being perfect, the beautiful side effect was that I started to have more grace and compassion for myself around not being perfect. And when we can receive that healing within ourselves, again, the whole pattern shifts. Right. And then instead of seeing someone who failed, you see someone who tried because that's how you treat yourself.
0: Right. And I think for some people, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, it's easier to change how you view about yourself first and then extend that outward. And for other people, it's easier to change how they see other people and then turn that
1: compassion inward. What do you think? I don't know. To be honest, I've never (laughs) like, I can take a moment and think about this. I think for me, it's harder to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we are our own worst critics. And yeah, I think that that's the way it is for me. But at the same time, I think it's not really either or. Yeah. Yeah. It's both, right? So if I can, one out of the 10 times that someone cuts me off of that one time, I can take the pause, like you said, where am I feeling this in my body? Where am I feeling this in my brain? And I can choose a different response because it's a choice, that's what it is. And every day we're given numerous choices to practice this. So even just one time out of 10, I can choose a response that feels more resonant and kind than when I'm working on my own stuff it's that 10% easier. Mm -hmm. And then when I heal that 10% in me, then it's two out of 10 that I can do outwardly. So I think it really feeds off each other.
0: Yeah, well, and you see the results so instantaneously. That's one of Mm -hmm. the things that I think is so fascinating about this work. And also it's so curious why people are so resistant to it because in the matter of seconds, minutes, you can completely change everything about how you're feeling. And I guess, you know, completely, it is based on practice. I know that I can say that now because I've been doing this for years and years and years that I'm able to have that. But even thinking back to when I first started, you know, taking a few deep breaths changes all the energy, all the vibration, everything that you're feeling and we know these things many of us know these things some people don't and some people are hopefully listening to the podcast and other things to learn that <laughs> but it's it's just so interesting and it's so human of us to be resistant to the things that we know will work that we
1: know are good for us i think it's patterning right mm-hmm. When we are, well, again, I'll use myself as an example. It's the easiest one, but I, the perfectionism piece. When I was growing up, I lived in an unstable household and my dad is an alcoholic and I didn't know what to, so I was constantly needing to be in control of myself, needing to have that perfection piece to be safe. That wasn't a choice. That was a necessity. And so my little nervous system grew up. This is how we have to be. We have to be in control. We have to be perfect. We have to, everyone else has to fall into line because that's when everything keeps me Mm safe. And so as an adult, if you've had an experience like that as a child and someone cuts you off, that's you out of control and your nervous system goes, we're not safe. And even if your brain goes, nobody got hurt, and even if your heart goes, they might be having a bad day, your nervous system is on fire because that is how you had to keep yourself going, right? So there's so many layers to this that can make it challenging, even when you are practicing and you have that awareness and you want to change, there are physical issues that come into it. There are mental patterns, there's emotional stuff, there's energy, there's ancestral patterning, there's past lives. I mean, literally there's probably about 30 layers to this. And again, that's where that compassion can come in. So if you're trying to do things differently, you're doing the work and you still have these automatic reactions that are not what you're desiring, give yourself that compassion. Okay, I'm working on some big, deep rooted stuff here. And I didn't react the way I wanted but I noticed it this time. Right, right. So now I'm just going to try to notice when it happens. Mm -hmm. Right? So these it can be the teeniest, tiniest little steps. And then after noticing it, you're going to be able to have that 10 second moment to breathe. Right? And then once you get it to, you have those 10 seconds to breathe, then you're going to be able to respond the way you want.
0: Right. And it can take time and it can
1: take it will take time. <laughs> not it <at> can <camp. laughs>
0: well I think it's interesting though too because I do think sometimes you know I don't know if it's the stars are aligned or whatever it is sometimes I do think we just get it but maybe it's because we don't realize all the back work that's been happening yes and then it feels like it's an in- instantaneous thing but the truth is it's been you know, lots of time in the making.
1: That's my belief. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, I've had those moments too, where instantly everything is different in the world. I, I woke and up in a new place. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing. And I, I hope to have more of those. But the reason why I was able to have those seemingly instantaneous shifts is because I had that awareness. I set the intention. I wanted to do things differently. I went to therapy. You know, I ate a better diet, like I got better sleep, I did the energy work. There's all of these things that come into play. And yes, it can feel like an instant shift. I don't believe it typically, they can happen for mm-hmm. sure. Anything's possible. But it makes me think of when we talk about those overnight success stories like you had yes. your first song on the radio and all of a sudden you're a superstar. Like, how lucky. But that person started at 15 playing guitar and writing songs in their parents' basement. And they went and they gigged at all the CD joints for a decade before anyone would even listen to their demo, let alone give them a deal. And externally we go, oh, they have one song and they're a hit. But they probably put in so many years of hard work and dedication and practice and patience into that that we don't necessarily see
0: right absolutely absolutely but now we're being conditioned for that to be what we all expect to happen to us (laughs) I've been doing this like where's my oh I tried this thing for the first time and I was amazing at it and now I have this thriving business and I can show you how to do it too
1: (laughs) yeah I um for those people that that was their actual experience, I am so happy for you. I know, right? Like, I'm so happy for you, but I don't think it's typical. Yeah. And I think that most of the people that explain their experience like that are not being completely honest, not, se- not necessarily with us, but maybe with themselves. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective.
0: So for people that are listening who feel like they have been going after something, they want something, they've been working towards it, and it's not happening. And I'm going back to because you touched upon this a little bit earlier. What would be your guidance for them, based on their spiritual work or their awareness? Would you say it that there are pieces of their energy that are stuck? Is there a misalignment with what they want? I guess what I'm getting at is that if you want something, is everybody capable of getting it?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be that friend, because I'd love to know. <laughs> uh, do I believe it's possible? yes. Mm -hmm. The way that this universe operates is a mystery to me. And we are all capable of things that I cannot explain. Mm -hmm. Is it possible? 100% yes. Is it typical? No. Right. But what I think happens where that monkey wrench kind of is, it's not in that people are not capable of creating what they truly desire. It's that people have a misunderstanding of their true desires. Mm. Therefore, they are working towards something that is not attainable for them because it's not meant for them. Right? Does that make sense?
0: I'm obsessed. Yes. Continue. Totally. Okay. It makes it. Yeah. I'm like soaking it all in. Yes. So their desire is a mis- mismatch yes. for what they... Yeah, they're materialistic yeah. or they're, they're, what they think they want is not truly what they want, right? what their soul wants, maybe.
1: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's in our society, we are bombarded with what success, quote unquote, success is and what we should attain to and what we should look like and what our partner should be like and how many kids we should have and where we should live. It's really overwhelming. And it's really challenging to pull away from that and to get really clear on what I actually want. And I got caught up in that for years. Um, so an example, a personal example is in business. So starting out, I thought, well, I want to make, you know, seven figures a year and I want to be fully booked every single day. I want to be so in demand that I don't have like a single spot open and, 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 in and, in, right. The list mm-hmm. went on. I tried that. I got sick. I physically cannot handle back-to-back clients. The work that I do is really hard on my body and I can't do it. And when I was booked back-to-back and for months in advance, if I got sick and I did get sick a lot because of the overwhelm, the pressure of, well, how do I fit in all of these people when I have to cancel? And then I feel bad because I'm canceling and this person needs me. Was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I realized that what I was trying so hard to attain, I was well on my way to getting there, wasn't actually what I wanted. So I had to take myself out of the idea of what a successful entrepreneur looks like and redefine success for me. And I discovered what I actually want is a really balanced lifestyle. Right. I want to work part time. My health is my priority having time for my family, my friends, my own pursuits, that's more important. I absolutely need money. I'm not going to say I don't care about money because that would be a lie, but I want enough to support what my true desire is. And whether that's five figures, six figures, seven figures, I don't care. Just bring me enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) or more, right? Right, More than I need. Um, And when I did that, oh my gosh, like, everything is amazing. I am healthy. I don't get sick anymore. I'm so fulfilled when I show up for a client, they get way more out of me now Mm. because I am full. I'm overflowing, right? I have so much to give. Whereas before I was showing up depleted. And the whole reason I was working towards that was because of this external opinion. Right. It's what what you're supposed to want. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So Let's say your dream is to have a yacht, right? You want to be so rich and like so affluent, like that's your status symbol thing. And so you work towards this yacht and you work, you and work, you and work. And what I see often will happen is sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't, but either way, you're not fulfilled, right? If you don't get there, you feel like you failed. So you're not happy. If you do get there, you realize I still am the same person. Still have the same crappy relationship. I'm still not sleeping well. I'm still all of the things. I'm just that on a yacht, right? Right. Which makes I mean, it a just, little
0: better, but not much
1: better. Well, <laughs> for sure, a little you better. You might have what a better day. view. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the wind in your hair would probably help something, right? But that wasn't what you truly wanted me to desire. And so what I always say to people is, okay, you want the yacht. Let's think about it. Envision yourself. You're on the yacht. The wind is blowing in your hair. You have a mimosa in your hands. You've got a private chef making you some beautiful meal. How do you feel? Mm. And then the person will tell me very clearly what it feels like. I feel provided for. I feel safe. I feel alive. I feel adventurous. So what your true desire is, is not a yacht. It's safety. It's fulfillment. It's nurturing. It's adventure. And there are thousands, probably millions of different ways that you can create those true desires in your life right now without needing the yacht. Right. And I'm not saying don't go for the yacht, but give yourself what you want now while you're working towards it. And then if you get it, you're thrilled. And if you don't, you're fulfilled. mmm
0: yeah, that's so, so good. And the other thing that's coming up as you're talking is about how when we can be so focused on that goal, whatever it may be, aligned or misaligned, I'll just use those terms. Yeah. The journey on the way there can, can completely be miserable and can completely be Out of body, out of sync, out of alignment. And we're not even in the present moment of all of that time that we're working day in and day out towards something. But that's the thing. That's the life. That's our experience. And I see that so often that people are, when I get to that thing, it's going to be better. When I have that trip, when I have that relationship, when I have that success, everything is going to be better. But all that time that you spend working towards something, how are you living in each of those moments?
1: Well, exactly. In my opinion, you're wasting your life. Mm -hmm. And you could die before you get to that end goal, right? None of us are guaranteed another day here, no matter what our circumstance. And the interesting thing about this is that when we are miserable working toward that goal, the chance of us ever achieving it Is so small compared Mm. if we are in joy, in bliss, in gratitude, while working towards that goal because we call in more of the energy we vibrate at. Right. So if I'm vibrating really like, oh, this sucks, this is so hard. (laughs) Right. The universe goes, oh, you want more sucks? There you go. I'm going to bring you more experiences to give you that vibration, more challenges. But when you can find the positivity and this is coming back to what we talked about in the beginning, you accept the not so great, but if you can bring it back to, I'm really happy about this. I'm grateful for this. This is amazing. The universe goes, let me bring you more of that. Mm. And then that goal is going to come to you so much easier.
0: So for people that, that feel unclear. And and one of the reasons I'm asking you about this, I, I had not been doing a good job with my daily connection. You'll, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, you know, connecting for clients, connecting, you know, for business stuff. But then of course my own private daily practice, you know, goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And so, and especially I was just on vacation with my family. And so I said, I was like, connecting and okay, let me, you know, give me guidance on how to, you know, do this. And it was like, okay, you're going to do it every day. You're going to, because I do a little like journal, um, channel journaling connection, and you're just going to do a little video. And that's going to number one, hold you accountable. And number two, you know, help educate, help share, etc. with people in the community. So today, one of the the messages that came in was this very cloudy foggy path and so the question was you know can you step forward if the if the path is not clear and the guidance was a few different things but basically why why is this cloudiness appearing? Like what, what, is, what are you hiding behind with this lack of clarity? And so I'm curious your, your take on that when you have people say to you, because I'm sure some people have the yacht so clearly in their mind. And what I hear a lot is, and sometimes what I experience is, I don't know what I want. So, so do you think that is a lack do you think that lack of clarity that lack of clearness is deeper obviously but is it self-worth is it um you know fear of failure fear of success like what are some of the most common things that you see related to that
1: so probably to answer your question directly I think the biggest connection I see is self-worth for sure but further to that I think that the fog is an opportunity. I don't see it as a negative at all, Hmm. because if we are laser focused on a goal, and again, we'll just use the yacht as an easy example. We are going to take step after step after step that we believe is going to lead us to that. It's like we put on blinders, Right. right? The universe will bring you hundreds of different ways to achieve what you want, faster, better, in unexpected ways. And when we keep focusing with extreme clarity on what we want to call in, it limits our opportunity. Hmm. So I say, welcome the fog. Take that step (laughs) into the fog because who knows what's coming next? And why do you need to know? Why do you want to know? We're so obsessed with knowing what's next. And as a psychic medium, I can tell you, I do not look at my future. Mm. I have no clue what's coming up in my life. And that's the way I want it. Because the whole reason that I incarnated into human form is to have a human experience. And the only way to have a full human experience, you know, the whole gamut is to step forward into the unknown and be curious about what's next. Like when we're in spirit form, we see it all. We know what's coming why come down if that's what you want Mm -hmm. you already have that so i can tell you if you're here in human form there's some fogginess there's some mystery to be discovered that's even better than what you have planned and when you have crystal clarity you're gonna miss it Mm -hmm. so i say embrace it embrace the fog yeah um
0: I think that's such a good reminder, and also just an invitation to to lean into what you're experiencing, and also look look deeper. Because if it's something that you continue to experience, right, then that's where the pattern is coming in. And that's where you are getting connected to the struggle story, connected to the uncertainty story whatever it is that you continue to experience right because otherwise if we are really moving through the things technically right it should be getting easier or there should be there should be layers of growth that we can you know step beyond those stories that we t- keep telling ourselves
1: and I agree that that is how it typically unravels when you're doing your work. Mm. But at the same time, one of the biggest problems I see is expectation around timelines. Ah, uh huh. So I'm going to heal this one thing within myself. And this is what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to do A, B, and C. And I'm open to other ideas. And you're doing all the right things. But like it's been two months and it hasn't shifted. Right.
0: I love, I have time,
1: (laughs) right? Like, forget about this. Clearly I'm broken. This isn't working. I'm not worthy. All of those judgments come in. But what if you are perfectly poised? What if you are exactly where you need to be? What if you just have to keep going? Yeah. And so if we can remove the idea of putting a time limit on our healing, on our dreams, on whatever it is that we're working towards, things will shift but people often give up before it happens. Mm -hmm. And then that reinstalls the story that they're not enough. They don't have what it takes because this person over here did it. And in a month, everything was different for her. And here I'm two months in, I've tried twice as hard, right? And nothing's shifting. Well, the person over here that it took three years to happen for might not be sharing their story as loudly. Is that person that had that perceived instant shift. Mm -hmm.
0: And also what you're saying about maybe it's not what's right for you to begin with.
1: It may not be.
0: Right. So how do you connect in with that? How do you guide people to connect in with that truer purpose, that, that truer desire versus the conditioned or the, the surface one?
1: So that's a really long answer. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a process, right? But where I start is with the body. And mm-hmm. people are usually surprised by this because I'm an energy alchemist, but I start with the physical. Our bodies hold every memory, every experience, every desire, every pattern. I mean, our body is the warehouse for all of that. And if we can start listening to our bodies, we are going to get clues. Our bodies are constantly trying to show us with a headache, with a stomachache, with exhaustion, maybe with just a weird twinge that goes away after 10 minutes. But if we start to listen and pay attention to what our physical body is trying to bring forward, everything we need will surface. And we have to start small with things like, if I'm tired, I'm going to have a nap. If I'm thirsty, I'm going to ask this person to wait for me while I go and get a glass of water. Like you said, right before we started, right? If we can start honoring the impulses and the messages that come from our bodies, the deeper, the deeper wounding, the pattern will come up. And then we can start working through that. And on the other side of that, it's like, that's the darkness. That's the lead. We work through that. The gold is the clarity around what you truly desire.
0: Mm. So beautiful. Oh, I love that. It's so simple as you say it. And I can think of a million times where I have not honored my body's needs, wants, because I didn't want to put the other person out. Because I felt like I was too busy because it didn't feel like, you know, for all the different reasons. Yeah. And how can we expect anybody to honor us if we can't do that work for ourselves at the basic physical level?
1: Yeah. And again, we gloss over that Mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, I'm going to heal my stuff. I'm going to go to a shaman. I'm going to do, you know, Byron Katie. I'm going to do all of this high level, even meditation, breath work. That's high level stuff. Yeah. And if you throw yourself into any of those practices without dealing with the fact that you're hungry?
0: <laughs> right, you're tired, you're thirsty, <laughs> right? you're hungry. Right, like how could you know, it's like that um hierarchy of needs. We yes. we want to go straight from the top and you know, and I wonder too if it's just like a rite of passage for people in on their spiritual journey, right? And I've talked to other guests about this too because being connected, being in you know being a channel being in in the cosmos or wherever it is that you go can feel so good and so light and so love and all the things that we've talked about and for me my most recent practice of earth energy and grounding and my work with the plants and and other elements has been of the most impactful and meaningful of my life Not to say that up here isn't fabulous, but for me, with all of that air energy, I desperately need the earth energy and it feels so incredible.
1: Yes, I'm not surprised by that at all. And I agree with you, the spiritual stuff, it's cool. It's fun, it's fascinating. (laughs) Who doesn't want to talk to their dead grandma or their ancestor or unicorn, right? But we often forget that we are in human form. Mm -hmm. We are not primarily, I mean, we are primarily a spiritual being, but right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're primarily a human being. That's why you're here. That's the experience. And again, to jump out of the physical and to focus only on the spiritual, I'm not saying not to go there. It's the biggest part of my practice. But without that foundation first, you're missing the whole point of being human. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want a body, you wouldn't have incarnated. Right? Right? Like right. we get to choose if we come down or not. And if this is not what you're wanting to experience, you can choose differently. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's really hard for a lot of people to accept when they are incarnated in physical form that they do not like that is painful, Yes. that is judged, that is different, right? So I'm not saying that this is, again, easy at all. It is nuanced. It is specific to each person. But even in those situations where you don't feel happy with the body you're in, for whatever reason, you chose that for purpose as well.
0: And to take care of whatever body you're in. Yeah. You know, by the the most basic things are also the most consequential the sleep mm-hmm. the food the water you know how we're nourishing ourselves what images we're taking in what you know everything that we have at our five senses we just take for granted and so easily mm-hmm. ignore but then yet we want that that direct channel to source without Without all of that other stuff, that's so it's so it's so human of us to do
1: that, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and even with that connection to source, because I have a lot of people that will come to me because they want to improve their own psychic abilities. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, the biggest disconnect is their physical body. Hmm. They're not hydrated. They're not rested. They're not nourished. They're carrying everyone else's energy. They're not a clear channel. And I always say to them, yes, spirit can come to you and you can communicate with spirit all the live long day, but it has to be processed through your physical form. If you want to share that message with someone else, it has to be processed through your physical body. So even if we're talking about soul work and channeling and connecting to spirit, we need that physical foundation for it to work as well as it can. Right. Because all of the clairs, they're even, physical, they're
0: physical. Even this, the, the knowing is still, you know, a mental, if you consider it that like, I just I know do. this information, I just have this information, or I can see this, or I can hear this, or I can feel this, are all physical,
1: right? Yes, and we often forget that, yeah. But psychic abilities and spiritual connection is a physical process. Hmm.
0: I have loved every minute of this conversation. I am so grateful for you for sharing your energy and all of your incredible wisdom with me with all of us. Could you let people know how to find you?
1: Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Where you can find me is MelanieHoustis.com. That's my website. I'm on Instagram as melaniehustis because the name is a little strange. It's easy to find me if you can <laughs> spell it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And if anyone has any questions or comments around it, I'd love to hear from them for sure. And I will link to everything. Thank you
0: again so much for, for all of your energy and all of your work. I can definitely feel all of the hard work that you do on behalf of so many people. Like I it's palpable for me. So I know mm. that you are carrying a heavy
1: load of people all around you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy, that's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.